Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 220 of Game Time with Manny. As always, I am here with Matt. Yes, hello. Uh, I, I wanted to start this by saying that I got really sick this past week. Like, I got the stomach bug for the first time in 100 years, and I threw up like 20-some times. I assume living with a kid? Yes, but also I wanted to get your thoughts on this. I was having some really good dreams. Okay. Uh, and one of them that Nukio didn't really respond to in the way I had anticipated, I dreamed that it was his 50th birthday. Okay. And that he wanted us all to watch Morbius together. <laughs> Morbius. Okay. That would yeah. be like 20 years in the future. <laughs> that is, that's more of a Justin or me thing. But <laughs> I know. You and Justin were there. We were, It was the four of us, and we all looked exactly as we do now. Right. So the dream didn't really make a lot of sense. Okay. Okay. Also, because Nukio would not have wanted to watch morbius but i i don't remember much else about the dream other than that it was his 50th birthday and he was making a very big deal about how it was his 50th birthday (laughs) and we needed to do this thing for him and so i sent him that and his response was just wtf and there's no further comment okay so I, yeah, I think that I should remember this for his 50th mm, birthday. Yes, yes. And that I should get Morbius. And then we're going to have to get together and watch and it. watch yeah. Morbius. Yes. Uh, and then maybe for like you or I's uh, 50th, we could play um, Shenmue 4 because that's probably when that will come out. That's probably true. Mm. Yeah. So that was my mm. uh, the end of last week was I got really sick and now I'm better. But this week, did you uh, miss a lot of time with work? Favorite. No, I only missed Friday because I got sick like like in the evening of Thursday night. OK, so, so you didn't even get to play a lot of games, you know, make up that time with games. <sighs> no. Yeah, because I just wanted to die. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah, luckily, I can't think of the last time I threw up other than like alcohol related, which that would even be like 10 years ago now. I was going to say the last time I I had not thrown up prior to this year, it had been over 10 years. It's probably like other than alcohol, it's probably been like 20 years. I can't remember if I threw up once or twice prior to this one this year. Once, Definitely once because I had spaghetti and that was awful. How do you fuck up spaghetti well it wasn't that it was fucked up i just threw up no one else threw up from the spaghetti i was just oh, okay so sick. you were i sick. don't know what happened yeah but boy spaghetti coming back Ooh. oh that was that was thursday night no no this thursday this thursday was raviolis oh what's with you and, and, all, and also throwing up every mm. 20 minutes even yeah. if there was no ravioli left great great so, yeah, so that was upsetting. Thinking about the spaghetti, I don't need to get into the graphic detail, but that seems yeah. actively awful for. Oh, it was absolutely the worst thing. The noodles yes. getting in places you don't want the noodles getting into. And for a while, every time after that that I saw spaghetti, I was just like, "No thanks." <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. I have had I have had spaghetti since uh, pasta parties. Oh uh, uh, yeah, everybody loves a pasta party. Oh, so yeah, that's what I, that's mostly what I was doing. Yeah. Um, I do think, should we, uh, we should probably give an update. So the, the podcast is going to be changing again. I, yeah. We're going to do it every other Sunday. Every other Sunday. I have a new job. Uh, it's going to be in, later in the day. So it just doesn't really work out to do it during, during the week. So we're going to do it on the weekends now. So, mm-hmm. uh, so excited about that. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. 
And tomorrow I'm heading to DC. Oh yeah. So. With your back not hurting this time. Yes. In theory. Yes. Oh yeah, that we recorded that podcast and then like the next day my back went out. That yeah. That's wild. Okay. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we can get into the news, which the main part of the news to me was that Microsoft is really out there trying to get people to get excited about their weird monopoly uh, so that they can actually acquire Activision Blizzard. And the main antagonist to their deal is Sony, who is being very upset about it. And my thing about it is... There are plenty of legitimate reasons for people to be upset about this deal, like the consolidation of many studios under Microsoft. Uh, But Sony is basically like a sad kid who's like, Call of Duty, though. And it's like, no, man, why don't you just like use the actual it? It makes Sony seem like blatantly like obviously they're only caring about this for money, which is the case. But like at least try a little bit. Well, it's not even a sad kid because like they're winning. They are, and I, so that's, I didn't put this on here, I almost linked it to it. Did you see Microsoft, like, trying to talk about how bad they are, and how they're the little guy, in comparison to Sony? (sighs) So, like, the guy who's, like, mainly in charge of this deal, I can't think of his name, he's the one who tweeted out all these other weird things. He basically was putting out charts for, like, uh, yeah, see, like, in Japan they're 96 percent of the market and we're four percent which is hilarious uh and then they're like and then in europe they're 80 and we're 20 percent and you know what they did not show the u.s the u.s market share where they're probably pretty fucking close and i was just like man come on but also microsoft is not a small company where they're like oh my god we're being bullied by sony (laughs) like shut the fuck up you're a huge company how the hell else do you think you can afford this um so like they're both just being really weird about it but then they're like they're shopping this around to other people who would in theory be opposed to it like nintendo and i at first thought that this was fake because it was one of those things where like it was posted on twitter as an image like people do when they're making apologies now Uh, yes and it was just like, oh, we have partnered with Nintendo and signed a 10 year deal to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo platforms on release day. And it will they'll have the same parody and features as the Xbox version. And the only thing I can think of is like, why? Like, why? Uh, I th- I think it's to just kind of show that they're not going to be shitty. And I think this does kind of like. It puts it puts it back on PlayStation. Like, hey, Nintendo's playing ball. Why aren't you playing ball? It does put it back on, and I get that portion of it. But like, uh, no one is like who's like I'm a fucking Call of Duty fan and I love Call of Duty. But the only thing I have is a Nintendo Switch. <laughs> like, did that person literally doesn't exist? You're right. So that's why it's like not that big of a deal for Microsoft. Oh, no, for Microsoft. But then, yeah, and whatever magic technology they have to invent to get that mm-hmm. shit to run on the switch, because it like looks photorealistic now. Right. They would ha- they would have to like make every they'd have to change it to like a 16 bit SNES game. 
to get it to run properly on the switch but that pales in whatever comparison them getting this deal would make do you think they'll Uh, just have like a different team like a switch team I I don't know. Like it's got to be one of those things where like the Doom, like whatever the weird Bethesda ports were of Doom and something else that were like super impressive. They're like I don't even know how the shit can run. Like the Digital Foundry analysis of Doom running on the Switch is hilarious because he's like this doesn't look good, but also it's literally a miracle that it mm. functions mm-hmm. on this platform and it's like insane and they had to do so much extra work. And then I saw someone bring up the point like, oh, maybe they'll do streaming. But like, you can't do streaming in a multiplayer Call of Duty setting. No, but you could. I mean, you could. No, I was going to say you could do that for the single player campaign. So there is a potential that the single player campaign looks better than the multiplayer. That is that is possible, but you're not the streaming of a Call of Duty match would be the worst thing to happen to someone playing a video game, I feel like. <laughs> so I like I, it, it just is a baffling thing to me because like, I don't know, people who have a switch don't give a fuck about playing Call of Duty on it. Yeah, uh, it just is a very weird thing and it will look like garbage and take way too much effort to port in a meaningful way. Uh, what well, is weird? It's weird, um, but like I can also see it as a win-win for both companies, as just like for just like the marketing aspect of it. Like for both, Nintendo can be like, "Hey, yeah. we're gonna have the biggest video game franchise on our platform." So, what I would like to believe is that Microsoft told Nintendo this, and they were like, "We don't want that or care," mm-hmm. and they were like, "Yeah, but it'll make us look good." to like the FTC and these other governing bodies. And if you do this, we'll like have game pass streaming on the switch or something in the future. I mean, there could be more to this and this is the first step. Yeah. But I mean, this is just like call of duty because they're actively trying to do that thing. But like I, there was that rumor that they were going to have streaming of game pass games for a while. Yes, there has. And that, that seemed like it would make sense to do. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, yeah, I have no idea. I'm not even gonna. Yeah. Uh, and then the other half of this was NVIDIA was one of the companies that was being like, I don't know about that. And then they said, well, you have a streaming service, GeForce Now. What if day and date you could stream every Microsoft published PC game? And they said, Oh yeah, oh. we love the Activision Blizzard <laughs> deal because they also added an Activision Blizzard games, and like their statement is basically like, "This is the greatest deal I've ever heard of." <laughs> yeah, everyone should support it, and it's just like, okay, guys, this is really sad. Uh, but yeah, so Nvidia, Nintendo on board now. Great. The- All you had to do was just like <laughs> send them money, Microsoft, and your problems can go away. <laughs> Monopolies yeah. are solved. And so, like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Sony is still being is their main antagonist in this. Part of me, like, uh, wants them to continue because it's like just good for this country. But yeah, but at the same time, I do like Activision Blizzard being on Game Pass. So, like, I'm kind of torn here. Yeah. So, like, I yeah, I, I don't know, man. But either way it's just it's in a really weird place i think the deadline for the deal is sometime in june is when it would like truly go through i also think it's funny that microsoft's out here making all of these deals with these other things and they don't even the acquisition didn't go through 
get. Yeah, but it's probably so. better to make these deals now, like like a sign of good faith. Oh, de- I mean, faith, definitely, so. definitely for them. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Um, it's a weird situation. Um, did you, you know what? I'm just going to continue the train, uh, you know, speaking of Twitter. I, I, I can't believe that uh, Sid Meier, they just announced that there was a new Civ game in development just on Twitter. Did you see this? I did not see that. No, it, but that that's you. You did write that in here. That's cool, though. Yeah, I, I mean, it's not cool that they announced it that way. It's cool that there's a new Civ. I mean, like, but at the same time, it's not that surprising that they're working on a new Civ. But I mean, the tweet was just basically like, like announcement. Uh, we're working on the next Civ game, and that was that's, cool. that's basically it. Uh, so it, it's just kind of a weird, surprising thing that like. Normally we get trailers for announcements and not just like a tweet that was very short. Yeah. It was just, it was interesting and weird. Um, I I am also kind of wondering if it's maybe not Civ 6 and if it's a different, like a Civ spinoff, because they specifically said the next Civ game. So I, I mean, time will tell, uh, but they're working on something, which is not that surprising. Uh, today there was a PlayStation State of Play. There was. Um, uh, that's all I would say about it normally, but because there was not, it was focused on PSVR two stuff in the beginning because they just released the PSVR two, so yes. they gotta push that. I uh, I thought Destiny kind of looked cool. I will never play it, but I the trailer got me a little hype. People have been excited for this expansion. I know that. Uh, Chia looks like a Manny game. They sh- That's true. Uh, Goodbye Volcano High looks like a Manny game, but we already knew about that. That is. That, we already knew that. What yeah. was the release date? June 12th? Yeah. June not, something else. I also think that will make a great game for my girlfriend. So I'm like, oh, maybe yeah. I'll play that with her. Uh, hum- yeah. Humanity. I This game looks interesting. It looks like a puzzle game. Now, did you have sound at all for this? Uh, I did not for that portion though because i i specifically wrote down a note i thought the music was cool well yeah i mean it's the same for the same studio the creator is res and okay. uh, tetris effect so okay that makes sense I, there was just yeah. something about it was very simple but like i just found it very catchy and and upbeat yes. uh then they showed Baldur's gate which was just like the most like i'm sorry but like that game did nothing for me Oh god, I can't wait for that game. But also, it's it. I would never play it on a PlayStation. I, I see, like, I, if my life depended on it, I, for me, like that fantasy RPG, that that is just like the most boring setting for me. I just can't do any. Like, I just have no interest in it. Uh, then they should, that it is it is literally Dungeons and Dragons. I know, and I I, I kind of like Dungeons and Dragons when it's not in that setting. Mm, okay. Uh, Wayfinder just look like Dauntless to me. I, I don't know what the difference is. Wait, isn't Dauntless the Monster Hunter clone? Yes, and that's what Wayfinder, uh, Wayfinder looked like to me. Oh, okay. It was like a multiplayer online, and you're going around like fighting monsters-type creatures. It looked like Dauntless. Jesus, it's the time for Monster Hunter clones, huh? Yes. 
Uh, and then and then they went into Street Fighter, which fuck yeah, Street Fighter. Yes. So people had been wanting this trailer for a long time, and they thought it was going to be a Capcom Cup, but then they announced before Capcom Cup they would show nothing. Mm. Other than to announce that Street Fighter Six would have a million dollar pop at, for Capcom Cup for Street Fighter Six, fuck yeah, which is fucking sick. But uh, so yeah, this one was Zangief, uh, Lily, and Cammy. Yes, um, I'm watching it. Like I can't decide if I like the art style or not. Uh, I do, and I was excited when all of the characters leaked because Cammy finally got a new outfit and it looks tight as fuck. And it is that's true. I see. Like I like that aspect of like it's almost like a comic booky, like very flashy. Part of me just kind of wishes they had stuck to the more sprite based. You know. I mean, yeah, but that was I. I that's, that hasn't been since Street Fighter Three, man. I know, but like just watching this, I was like, God, it would look. St- Even if they went with more of like a Guilty Gear, where it is like three D renders, but it still looks sprite based, like something like that, I'd be like way more into. Let's. Uh, I I see where you are coming from. Mm-hmm. I know it's not going to happen. I'm just saying, yeah. like I, but. Once I get playing the game, it's not going to matter because it it looks awesome, especially Lily. I was into Lily, uh, what Lily was doing. So, yes. Uh, So, yeah, that game continues to look fucking sick. And I continue to be excited about it. Yes. Uh, Which it was just basically a trailer for those three characters. And that was about it. Yeah. And those are the last three characters that uh, that they had not shown uh, because the other ones were DLC. It was Ed Rashid and fuck. It was one other person. I can't remember. But um, Ed and Rashid were definitely DLC, which sucks because Rashid's new design looks fucking tight yeah but we need some good dlc to come in as well uh, yeah that is that is true uh um, and then it was into resident evil which resident which, evil 4 looks like resident evil 4 and i'm not trying it to sure does <laughs> they showed like the most iconic moments in that trailer and just like hey this is these are the graphics of this but what i got most excited about is at one point leon like suplexes like like one of the villains like yeah. an enemy, and I'm like, is that going to be something that can happen regularly? What's going on with that? I'm kind of into that, so I'm excited to see like what that game is exactly, like what the changes they made of this this game because I'm not shitting on it. I'm excited for this game, but it just looks like Resident Evil Four to me. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of gameplay changes. Yes, the, yes. it was it was the cover story of Game Informer last month or the month before and they they did the thing where they have a lot of smaller video features and there's a lot of like quality of life stuff especially with ashley uh like you're able to like stab things in the neck when they've taken ashley which you could not do previously and it 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 just seems like there are a lot of cool quality of life things i mean it's not going to make the game like vastly different or whatever but at least it won't be as annoying yes certain parts for sure it, it it will be more tolerable to play in the year 2023. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I believe after that, it just kind of switched to um, uh, the uh, the DC game. Oh, what it, oh, Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad, which I didn't see any of that. And I, you, at this point, I think would have to pay me to be interested in that game. Uh, I will tell you, you will not be interested in this game. You, you know what it yes. kind of looked like to me? Just a generic third person shooter. 
Uh, mm. It reminded me a lot of Agents. 50 Cent Blood on the Sand. I was going to say Agents of Mayhem. Okay. Because th- the big difference there is that is a cover shooter. What uh, the 50 shade, like 50 Cent Blood in the Sand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not a cover shooter. It, it feels more like like a Saints Row, Agents of Mayhem, Crackdown, where you're just kind of like running around, jumping, and shooting things. Uh, okay. So what I'm saying is it seems like a game I will enjoy, but I don't know if a lot of people will. Yeah. Uh, yeah. B- but watching this made me go, me think, I need to play the Guardians of the Galaxy game, because apparently that was really good. Yeah, people really like that. Uh, so, so so that was the state of play. I'm excited about Resident Evil, but we already knew that. Street Fighter, already knew that. It actually did make me more excited for Suicide Squad, which I'm probably the only person in the world who can say that. <laughs> I, so they really, like, when it comes to announcements, I don't think they announced anything. Mm, they just kind of, no. like, showed some updated trailers, so... Yeah, I mean, the PSVR 2 stuff was announcements, but... It, but, like, unless you have PSVR, yeah. which, what, 2% of the population has that, I'm guessing? Yes. I, like, it... It. Mm, I have to agree, it was probably, like, a D. But I do yeah. think they showed some games that, like, I will play. Uh, they showed Cammy. So that got a little bit for me. They showed Cammy, and then as I, I think you'll play Goodbye Volcano High and Chia. Oh yes, but that that Goodbye Volcano High, I keep forgetting because like I already knew that game was coming out, and like yeah, you can't. I already, I already, I already knew what it was. Also, like it, uh, yeah. You can't credit the state of play for this. It's just one of those like, hey, this is a game that I'm excited for. Uh, yeah, and that is a it. Sony exclusive product. It is as so. well. So yeah. Uh, and then oh my god. I said out loud, what if Marvel versus Capcom three was at Evo again? It was a main stage game. And then the Evo live stream happened where they announced the games for Evo this year. And it fucking happened. Marvel three is an Evo main stage game at this year's Evo. Ah, and Yipes is going to have like a every two week offline uh, get together Marvel event now. Oh, just again. I was just thinking like, oh, it's so exciting. But at the same time, nobody's playing Marvel. So like we're not even going to see like top level Marvel. But if people are playing Marvel in preparation for this, then I am. Oh, my God. So many, so many people are like, are you for serious? Because a bunch of people like at the one where they thought it was the last one where they had it, we're like, this is going to be the last time I can enter Marvel at Evo. Like I got to go out strong, but get fucked. It's this year now, unless they just keep doing it. Cause I, it's going to get a lot of entrance probably. It, but. It's funny that you, like after you told me this, I really got thinking about Marvel and I was like, God, I kind of wish the Marvel scene stayed kind of like the melee has Scene yeah that is what i wish as well uh and maybe like this is an opportunity for like that to happen where they they just took a a few years off but now they're like back and they're excited for marvel again yeah and 
<laughs> Willie Willie texted me and he was like, "Oh man, how sick would it be if they announced Marvel Four at Evo? They never will do that, but it would be awesome." And I agree, it would be awesome. <laughs> I don't know if I want that because I do after it. Infinite. I don't know if I. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I do want that. Infinite actually had good net code, so yeah. But like everything else about Infinite was. Yeah, I know. I get you. <laughs> I didn't I play understand. that story mode, but from I what did. I understand, that was something special. Yeah, it was a bad story. <laughs> mode. Uh, sometimes I'll see combo videos from it and be like, "Wow, that's the sickest shit." Uh, but yeah, I guess for me, it's just like it's no three. So, oh no, it is not. Yeah. Uh, it's, so like, I'd rather just see three. I want us to. Oh man, the, the idea of seeing three again on Evo. Oh my god! And if it's a Sunday game, holy oh. sweet Jesus! And that with my new schedule, I won't be going to bed at eight thirty, so I can. But fucking it, watch like, it. that's the other cool thing is like, also Street Fighter Six will be there, oh. so like, it's gonna be the sickest. And Street Fighter Six will be like sort of new still; it'll only be a couple months old, so like, you'll be able to be surprised by shit still. Does that mean Where, like somebody will just like come out of nowhere and it'll be like, holy fuck, we didn't even know you could do that shit. The secret tech. Oh, does that mean uh, Long Island Joe is going to make it into the top eight again? Oh, yeah, because it's the first <laughs> couple months of the game and then he'll fall off the face of the fucking planet right after that. Yeah, it's great. Great. I look forward um, to that storyline. So, yeah, I don't remember all the games, but it's like Street Fighter 6, Marvel 3, Tekken 7, MK11, Guilty Gear Strive, uh, Melty Blood, uh, Skullgirls and Grand Blue did not make the cut. I don't really remember. Those are the only ones that truly matter anyways to me. Um, and the, the thing that I think is super ridiculous is every game will have a $25,000 minimum pot per game. See that right there is enough incentive for people to start prepping for Marvel. Someone did an example of what the pots were for each game last year. Dog Mm. guilty gear last year was $4,000. Right, right. And like now it will be a minimum of 25k like that's fucking nutso people are gonna practice their asses off so this year should be sick in terms of people tryharding to win a ton of money oh man but no like the fact that i can watch marvel 3 and a new street fighter in the same evo is gonna yeah last year evo just like it I, I with the pandemic and everything, but then also just like I feel like fighting games have gotten a little boring because let's be honest here. The fighting game community goes where Street Fighter goes. Yeah. And Street Fighter five has gotten boring at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, new Street Fighter bringing back Marvel. Like, yes, I I'm very excited about just not just Evo, but like the fighting game community again, because like I will not be surprised if Marvel will start popping up at like other tournaments leading up to to evo as well yeah so that should be very cool yeah so. um and then uh shinji mikami the creator of resident evil founded tango gameworks which is owned by microsoft he is leaving tango gameworks uh it seems like it is of his own volition uh it, because it was one of those things where he wanted to like set up the next generation of 
cool game makers. I was going to ask if he's, he's leaving. If he's, you think he's just more or less retiring because he's got to be pretty old. It does seem like he, the, the sentiment I seem to get from all the stuff was like, yeah, I don't really want to do this anymore and I'm probably going to retire. Um, and like, he wasn't the lead on hi-fi rush. It was like a, one of the other people that was a studio lead. So yeah, I don't know. It was just a weird, it's kind of, it was kind of interesting because people were really hoping that the other game they had in development was the evil within three. And ironically, I think he was only the lead on the evil within one, which is their worst game so far, probably. So yeah, because he was an executive producer on all the rest of them. So he's been taking yeah. a step back anyway. Yeah, he was more or less just like the studio figurehead guy. So, uh, yeah, so that was interesting that that came out today. Um, Pokemon Day, February 27th, they are having a Pokemon Presents, which, depending on who you ask and where you look, is either 20 or 25 minutes okay uh and they will 1000 percent announce pokemon scarlet and violet dlc which is cool uh other than that i don't care what happens unless they announce a new pokemon legends like selby or something which they probably won't do uh and it would be really cool if they shadow dropped a patch that made scarlet and violet not run like dog shit but that also won't happen so do you think they'll announce like an integration with pokemon home uh yes people are thinking that the date for pokemon home has to be announced at this and probably will come out that same day if not very soon because that just wouldn't make sense. They always like to wait a little bit. And so. Yeah, they, they waited a little. Now would be about the time where they would either announce that or just put it out. Right. So that's definitely makes sense for that. And especially if they're almost certainly going to announce the DLC. Uh, yeah, that will that will happen. <coughs> and uh, it'll be like last year's where they spend like five minutes on some weird trailer about how much pokemon means to everybody on the planet mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. rules rules us all so uh it just you know we're so popular i basically yeah. that's what it was last year and i'm sure they'll have like the two newest pokemon from pokemon unite or some dumb bullshit i was gonna Maybe say pokemon sleep will come out pokemon go will have some announcement yeah so I, I just want to see what the DLC for Scarlet and Violet is. I will play that and I will like it. Do you so. think they will announce what they're what's coming out in November? Uh, or at least tease it. Yeah, almost certainly. Okay. I, I could see a teaser, not much more than that. Which, yeah. do you think it'll be a remake? Uh, I want it to be. Because it's black and white. Yeah, It's time. I would, uh, fuck yeah. God, I would play a remake of Black and White. Uh, that, yeah. Oops, sorry. People are thinking it might be a new Pokemon Legends game, though. Oh, I know I say this every time, but I want another Let's Go. I would love like a yeah. Let's Go from Silver. People want that, me included, and it's never going to happen. Because like, imagine Silver, but then you get to go like it has the new game plus where you get to go back into the first world. Ugh, I know. I, I, well, that's what I want. It's not going to happen, I'm, but I'm going to hype myself up for that. So. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first part of the Splatoon expansion that they announced at the Nintendo Direct two weeks ago uh, is out the 28th. It's still not really clear if that first part is anything other than the hub from Splatoon 1. I don't know. 
they haven't said it's anything else, so it seems weird to pay for just the hub of Splatoon 1. But I mean, there will be single-player DLC coming in the second half, so maybe they're really banking on me being excited about that. I don't know. Uh, and then I thought this last one was interesting for you when I saw the trailer. Mm-hmm. Forza Horizon 5 second expansion comes out March 29th. It is a rally adventure, so a lot of rally racing, and it adds a rally career mode to Forza, and it showed off all the, you know, the calling, like, left turn ahead mm-hmm. shit that would be in rally racing. So Yeah, I definitely look forward to checking this out. You still haven't even checked out the Hot Wheels, so you I have not, but that sounds way cooler than this. I was going to say, like, you you didn't check that out, and that is way more up your alley. So, like, I for you've already paid for this, and you're not going to touch it. So mm, that's probably true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but I will, and I will, you know, report back because we already, we already paid for the season pass or whatever. So, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and that is really all of the news that occurred pretty much. Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, like, that's a good, good chunk of news. I mean, like, anytime we have a state of play or whatever you want to call it, a direct, you know, although that was probably one of the more underwhelming ones, especially after the Nintendo Direct last episode. So, Sony just like they don't I they they don't get it. But sometimes they they like they have one really good one every year. Like one that's like my favorite of the year. <laughs> yeah, but the, the rest. All, all the all the other ones are just like, man, who the fuck was like, yeah, this is the one. <laughs> like what? Hey, you know, for someone out there that's excited about Suicide Squad, this was for them. Yeah, like why wasn't this the Warner Brothers presents? Yeah, at stream because like Capcom had to be there. Then I then I could have tempered my expectations, you know, if it was Warner Brothers streaming about the Suicide Squad, because at least I know what I'm getting there. Oh God, what's that? What's that Capcom game that's supposed to be coming out this year? Oh, Pragmata. Pragmata. How come that wasn't shown? the fuck that game man <laughs> I, like i love everything capcom is doing that just cancel that game no i need to and, and that weird like multiplayer dinosaur game that's like not dino crisis that does not look up my alley oh that either. was also a state of play announcement wasn't it yeah capcom's really pushing that shit though mm. i mean it's a live service game so they want to make that sweet cash but you know what i, I pragmata never heard from again no that that would be hilarious I seems on par with what we got from the trailer, but like at the same time, like it's a new Capcom IP. I kind of want to know what that is. Yeah. Well, if you're lucky, you'll find out someday because maybe they'll talk about it ever again. Yeah. Maybe it is street fighter six. <laughs> they just rolled it into the single player. It's the it's the story mode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Street Fighter Six. Yeah. <laughs> At the end, you like float off into space with a weird baby or whatever the fuck was uh, happening in that trailer. I bet that is way better than what actually happens in that that single player. I thing. also bet that's true. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and with that, we can get into what we have been playing yes uh which i think last week we kind of just did an alternating and i'm okay with doing that again okay um uh i can start okay and i'm gonna start with wario land 3 because it pissed me off matt oh i'm sorry i played this game for like five hours and it is pretty cool um wario land 1 is basically like 
uh closer to a traditional mario game where he'll get small and if he gets hit and he gets like weird power-ups uh wario land 2 is basically like i don't even know how to describe it he can't die but the enemies will hurt him in ways that make him have different properties like he'll turn into a zombie or he'll get super fat and he can crush things or his head will blow up like a balloon um and so you can't die, but you try to solve all these puzzles through using that. I played those first two and I owned them. The third one I had been curious about, and they just put out on the Nintendo Switch online. And Wario Land 3 takes everything from two, uh, except that it turns it more into a Metroidvania, where each stage has five treasures and you try to get uh, one treasure and exit the stage and by getting treasures it will change things happening on other stages when you collect certain ones so like if you collect certain treasures it'll like add these weird snakes to certain stages and then you can go back and get a new treasure from that to continue and go on um also it has uh day and night on each stage and that will also determine what treasures you can get but also wario will just like get power-ups that allow him to go to new areas of these levels and it was pretty interesting and I was having a good time. And when I went to go play it today, my save was gone. Oh, and I don't understand what happened because like it's in the Nintendo switch online app and it had been saving the game, like makes it very clear. It's saving constantly and it just was gone. That's crazy. And so then I saved to like, see like, Oh, what the fuck is it? just not was it never saving and now it saved my progress on the first level and i was like i'm not doing this again but it was very cool and i was kind of near the end i just i have no fucking idea what happened it might be one of those things where like the game was saving but i never closed the game boy app and maybe it only truly saves the data of the app when you close out the app i don't know that's weird but I see what I always do when I'm playing those games is like I'll save the game and then I'll create like a save state. Yeah, and I just wasn't I just don't use save states in those games. So like that I don't know what happened. But anyways, I gave up. So yeah. I'm done with Oreo Land 3 now, but it was it was very cool. Like it was a very interesting like oh, this is like a weird Metroidvania and this game is like weirdly obtuse but kind of cool in that regard also. Yeah, that sucks. I'm- uh so yeah i played wario land 3 and now i will not do that anymore that's that's too bad uh like, yeah I, I you know anytime you get like a save like lost like that because remember i had that with assassin's creed 2 yeah and you but you kept going i, I will not with this i did and yeah. I, I got about five hours in both times <laughs> yeah which is about the same as this mm-hmm. so it's like i'd be like oh yeah great Commit yourself, Manny. Yeah, I don't think so. This one wasn't that good. You're right. I get that. If I didn't care for Assassin's Creed, I wouldn't have done that. So Makes sense. Um, I am going to talk about Resistance 3, which I just oh. beat today. I, I What? Yes. I, I got back to it this week, finally. And I don't really... I don't really know what to say about this game. It just... It was just okay. The best game you've ever played. It was just okay. It's a very, like, it feels like a first-person shooter from that era. Uh, Just in the way the campaign, it's just, like, very very narrow level designs and just kind of, like, it's a corridor shooter. I don't know. It's fine. 
Uh, I just kind of played it out of my own curiosity and I wanted to say like, hey, I've played the entire trilogy. I do think like out of all the Insomniac games, this just, they don't fit. Uh, infamous. Nah, dog, Fuse. Fuse, I, I, I bought that actually. I look forward to playing that. Fuse is the one that makes the least sense to me. I don't like, I guess, but like this still like they lack the resistance series just lacks personality. Hey, take that back. Nathan Hale is very relatable and good character. Great. You're right. I take it all back. Yeah. I don't know. There's just something about it that I, I don't think it's good, but I think it's interesting. So yeah, I, I'm glad I played it. it. It only took me like seven hours to play through the campaign. There was a small part of me because there are trophies for like upgrading all the weapons. I was like, I could play through it again and upgrade the weapons. And I was like, no, it took me like a month to beat a seven hour game. I did not enjoy this. Like, don't go for that trophy, Matt. So I did stop myself from that. I think you should go for it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the yeah, support. No problem. I, I, yeah. I, I, I believe in you. I, I decided to not do that because um, there are other games that I should be playing. For instance, oh, I, I, don't you want me to play Hi-Fi Rush at some point? I mean, I guess. So. But it's not as funny as you playing Resistance Three again. <laughs> That's probably true, uh, but I finally got through it. That's off my back, I, and at the end of the day, it was fine. I would not recommend playing it. I don't fully know why I was playing it, but I did anyway. So, okay. Uh, I played Hogwarts Legacy. Okay. Which is. Fine. I don't. It is so. It is so weird because like all the reviews of it are like nines, and I don't think it's that good. Do you think? And I, I'm not trying to shit on any other reviewers, but do you think a lot of outlets were like, "Hey, put Andy on this. He's a huge Harry Potter guy. He'll he'll and he'll want to play this." And so, like the Harry Potterness of it is just kind of like pushing it above, just like that license. I think I think that is could be part of it. Um, the other part of it is I think a lot of people just like open world games more than I do. I this felt like uh, like a checklist, like open world game. Oh, one hundred percent. So, like, I I don't want it to sound like I don't like this game because I think it is pretty good. It basically is like if you really like Harry Potter, like this will be your shit. Okay. The the part where you go to Hogwarts and are exploring Hogwarts, I think is very cool, especially if it's always been like, you know, you've read Harry Potter and you're like, Whoa, I wish I could go to Hogwarts. Like I think they do a really good job of rendering the school and making it fun, cool, explorable place with like stuff around every corner. The part where I think that it starts to fall apart for me is like also Hogsmeade is fine. You know, the little town right. there where the kid kids go for stuff like that part is okay because it has a lot of stores with personality, but then the rest of the open world is fucking huge. Like it makes no sense. It's like 90% forest. And then sometimes you'll come along these towns that are like three shacks and every like, 
it seems like in Hogsmeade and in Hogwarts, they like meticulously put like puzzles and like things to find. And then out in the rest of the open world, it is like one of those open world games where someone just literally vomited icons at random onto the map. So there's no, and they're just, they're, they're fucking everywhere. So there's no reason to go to these areas except for the fact that there's an icon there to pick up some collectible. To pick up a collectible or like to literal bandit caps camps, Matt. Literally, they're called bandit camps in Harry Potter. Yeah, dog. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Like that is the to me that is the most generic open world thing I've ever I could ever think of in my life. Wait, is you have to go to kill bandits at a bandit camp? Did did Ubisoft make this game? That's what I that's what I'm saying. (laughs) So like the everything else about it, I think like the if it was just Hogwarts and Hogsmeade, I think it would be like a manageable size. But then you get out into the open world and you're like, what is this? Like, none of this says Harry Potter to me. I I mean, like there are certain parts of it that work like you go to areas where there are mystical beasts and it's like, ah, this is like a hippogriff den. And, you know, that's cool. And you go into the forbidden forest and there's spiders and that makes sense because, you know, they were they were there. Uh, And like sometimes maybe you'll like run into a unicorn or whatever. And like that stuff is neat. But most of the time you're going to be running into like generic Mick generic marketplace guy who's like hey man i'll sell you a potion for a hundred coins and you're like this why are you here who made this um but outside outside of that like open world fatigue portion of it where like when i say there are a lot of icons there are like a trillion and it's just like something every two feet um the combat is pretty good i think uh your wand is essentially a gun um you basically just like kind of mash r to 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 do a basic uh cast and then you have certain spells that like do specific things they have similar properties like red spells are more attack spells uh yellow spells are like deal with movement and then purple spells uh move the enemy around does the the combat feel kind of like infamous a little bit a little bit it, it's got a lot of everything in it okay. like there's like there's like shielding and parrying and like enemies will get colored shields where then you have to like use the specific type of magic to break the shield there's dodge rolling it's got a little bit everything you can think of they just look through a little bit in there okay uh and it is it is fine sometimes it can get very uh challenging if there are a lot of enemies at the same time and i think that like it works will it work being held out to like 40 50 hours worth of time i don't know um and and the other the other thing that i think is really bizarre is like the enemies scale with you so i never feel more powerful Mm, I never liked that ever, which is like fine, except for the part where I I haven't found better equipment than what I have in over 10 hours. And all the equipment is totally random. So like every chest I open, it's just like, why do I even want to open this chest? Because it's just going to be worse than what I have. And lo and behold, it is worse than what I have. Yeah, that's hmm. Uh, So I don't know if that's like because I just grinded too much or what the fuck is happening. But that that is uh, a little strange. Um, But yeah, the gear is all random. Um, It has the same like destiny style menus of like you use the thing as a mouse cursor. Uh, 
I do like that you can uh, do cosmetics over every single slot, so you don't just have to wear the art stuff that makes you look like a fucking moron if you actually want to look like a cool wizard, although I prefer looking like a fucking moron because it makes all the cutscenes way funnier. Um, and yeah, the plot is like not it's not the best mm. it, it's not it's not terrible either it's just like they, they had to think of some dumbass contrivance for you to be at hogwarts even though that's not even really true you could have just been a student who comes to hogwarts right but instead like you're the chosen one mm, of course you're the you're the like you're the guy who can like see traces of ancient magic and like only certain people can see it but also for some reason you're a fifth year and it's your first time going to hogwarts okay and like they don't explain that and no one seems to give a shit that like hey how come you have magic but you didn't start at hogwarts in your first year and it's your fifth year and you just like that's everybody's like that's normal and fine i I mean there are other magic schools in the world there are but you didn't go there it was like you didn't have magic until recently oh that's what it seems like and like all the professors are told to give you extra assignments so that like you can get on par with a fifth year student which seems like that would be really tough yeah. to learn five years of fucking school or whatever. I don't know. Um, so like that part, they just like never explain. They just like let that go. And I have seen from people online commenting, making it seem like that is just like not a thing that is ever cared about again or talked about again. So that doesn't make sense. But basically you're like you're wizard Jesus and you uh, can see ancient magic and you have to stop the evil goblins from rising up. Yeah. Uh, uh, hmm. uh, now you're you got this because of your girlfriend. Is she enjoying this game? Uh, she did like what she was playing of it and has not played since then. Okay. Um, so we'll see how that goes. So you've after. played more than her at this point. Oh, I've played way more. Yeah. Okay. What did you kind of expect that going in? Uh, I did. I didn't know what to expect, I guess. Okay. Um, I will definitely beat it now because I am at a point where I could beat it, but yeah, I don't know. There's like a lot of weird side stuff. Like you get the room of requirement and then you can like decorate it with furniture and then you can capture beasts like Pokemon style because poachers are trying to get them, but then you literally are kidnapping them in a bag and holding them hostage. So how are you any better than the poachers? Well, you're not killing them. I guess that's true, but you're still like being friends with them so that you can get their mystical feathers. It just seems not right. Um, And yeah, now I guess I, the next main quest, I can breed the animals and sell them, which also seems really fucked up. (laughs) It literally Uh, is Pokemon. Okay, great. Yeah. So like, and there are shinies literally. Okay, great. Apparently, apparently the, of the 14 breeds or whatever, there are shinies that have super rare colors and they're called shinies. Uh, yeah. So like, I I don't know. And like this game is the focus of the culture war at the moment where it's like, if you buy it, you are a terrible person who is transphobic because JK Rowling will benefit in some way from this game. And like, I get that. If that is your point of view, uh, that, that's fine i mean i either way like i it's just also one of those things where it's like i think that this game probably sold way more copies than it ever would have if because of it being the focus of 
a weird culture war. But then on the other hand, like people really like Harry Potter. So going into that, it was always going to sell a lot. And I think a lot of people who like Harry Potter maybe have not played that many video games in their time. So I think people I've seen a lot of people being like, oh, my God, I love this game. I love Harry Potter. Whereas I'm coming it from a place of like. I never was like in love with Harry Potter. I thought it was cool. But also I played open world games in the mid 2010s. Uh, right. So to me, it is like not like this end all be all like this is catering to my wildest fantasies. Uh, that I've always dreamed of. It is just like this is a an okay open world game that I think has some really good trappings that don't quite. It doesn't quite like make it all the way for me. Like I, if I had to give it a rating right now, I would say it's probably like a seven out of ten because it's not bad at all, and it has a lot of good stuff in it. It's just one of those things where it's like, it's it's not doing anything to set itself apart other than use the Harry Potter license. Yeah. <clears throat> and to, to be fair, I think that's a lot of what Warner brothers has going on, right? Like they have the DC license. They have the Lord of the Rings license. Well, not anymore. Uh, they also have the, the Harry Potter license. And so like they make those games and do those things. Uh, and like, that's what they got as uh, a mortal Kombat but that that I consider to be a different thing. But like they it's yeah, it's just one of those weird things where like I don't I don't, I don't know. Like, and I, I get I get why people are so upset about it, but I think that also that whole storm around this game and like everything that's going on around it also made it get way more eyes than it ever would have normally gotten in any regular context. I don't think that's true. I mean, oh, I 100 percent. It's Harry Potter. I think Harry Potter is always going to like it uh, be a huge draw. Uh, I can't. It sold some like absurd amount of copies, like 20 million copies. And that's it's only on PS5, PC and Series X. So when it comes to PS4 in like a month or so and Xbox One and Switch later this year, Switch will be in like July. I don't expect that to add a whole lot to it, but it was some like I bet people who just have a Switch and are Harry Potter fans. That's a huge Venn diagram. Uh, I bet that's true. Also, Uh, I bet that it will be the worst experience ever though i won't i i'm not saying it'll be good i'm saying i think it'll sell better than you'd think that's probably true but i mean like just even the sheer amount of ps4s like if the game is definitely i think it was it was some ridiculous number i can't i can't find it now because a lot of sites don't report on it which i i get uh yeah, Hogwarts Legacy, for me, this was always a game that I'm like, I'll eventually play that, but I don't mind waiting for a sale. It 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 seemed exactly what you're describing. It seemed like a Ubisoft game from 10 years ago. Uh, okay, it sold it sold 12 million units in its first two weeks. Yeah, I mean, that's fantastic. Uh, um, whereas the other thing I was thinking of recently is, you know how many copies Elden Ring sold? A lot. 20 million. You know what also is like one of the best selling video game franchises? I was just listening to a podcast, SpongeBob. That makes sense. It does. But, but like Eld- Elden Ring is a from software game. It sold 20 million copies. Yeah. 
That's like more than Nintendo. Like, what the fuck is that? Uh, that game got huge. Oh, it got huge. I'm just saying 20 million copies in like less than a year. Like, what the fuck? I think we're also just not used to video games being as huge. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, but this Hogwarts Legacy, well, I, because it's 12 million on just current gen consoles, like it's going to fucking skyrocket. Yes. So that's why I just don't think like the culture war. I think that's just a very, very vocal minority. Oh, it is definitely not. Many, many. It is. It, it is literally everywhere. It, it twelve. It sold twelve million copies. Yeah, I know, but I'm just you. There are news articles about her literally every day. I know. I, New York. The New York Times just wrote an article about her yesterday. Did they really? Yeah. Oh God. I, or it was a, it was a couple days ago. It was after that. Uh, the it was like the literal day after a trans person killed themselves. Oh, and that was like all over the news. Okay, yeah, like it's bad. I guess I'm just not paying attention to that stuff. So yeah, that maybe that maybe I'm just in a bubble. I don't know. No, yeah, she is in the news like literally every day, okay. and she like talks about this this game and how she's a terrible person. That's all. Uh, yeah. 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 I'm not defending her. I'm just saying like, I don't really pay attention to her. I don't care. Yeah. So. Which is good. Yeah. And we should not pay attention to her. I agree. Uh, speaking of open world games, I've been playing Assassin's Creed Black Flag, as you know. Yes. And I just don't know how I feel about this game. Cause it's just like a series of highs and lows. Mm. Uh, like I don't I don't think you fully remember this game, but like it feels like a vast majority, like probably like 60 to 70 percent of the main missions are tailing missions and they are bad tailing missions. Uh, I don't even remember. So I, I couldn't I, tell you. I did look it up and it is, in fact, like of just like run of the mill, like someone on Reddit, like broke down every game and Assassin's Creed Black Flag does have the most nice uh i one of the comments said assess black flag felt like sailing to a location to tail a mission to then sail to another location for another tailing mission and that's literally how this game feels but then when you're not in a tailing mission it's so much fun that makes sense because tailing missions are bad yes and i will say like syndicate had a lot but they like they changed up the, the tailing missions and like these are just like the most generic of like, hey, just follow this guard and then like kill a guard on the way and then just keep following this guard for like 10 minutes. And just like it, it's just it's rough at times. Hey, To be fair to this game, Syndicate came out after it did. Syndicate came after. And I will say I I've been kind of wondering, like, why was this? Why is this game like regarded as well as it is? And I think part of that is the fact that like, it follows up Revelations, which was just like not great. And then Correct. then three, which was bad. So in comparison, this game is great. And then also the pirate aspect and like the ship and the pirate aspect. Like, I think all of that is fantastic. But like, man, the main mission structure, like they just did not get this game right. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm a little bummed out about that because I think if they had like better main missions, this could have been one of my favorite Assassin's Creed games. Uh, but you know it's still better than Revelations in 3 I will say that so definitely a step up 
Uh, and then like Unity or yeah, Unity after. I'm I think I'm willing to say Unity is a better game. Oh god, fucking Unity sucks so bad. I yeah, but like I I am coming in with the perspective of playing it like after like a lot of the Unity f- issues were fixed. That is true. I also thought that the story of Unity was bad. I did not like Seabook Arno as a character. Yeah, he's like that. The character in in Black Flag is way better than the character in uh, in in Unity. Yeah, Kenway, my boy. But there's just something about like Assassin's Creed and being in like one city that I just really enjoy. So it just being just Paris, I liked that aspect of Unity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I am still liking being a pirate as well. So, uh, do, do you want me to just hop into Forza real quick? Sure. Um, so I, I finished playing Forza, and the more I played it, the less I continuing this trend of not really liking the structure. Like the driving is fantastic, but I'm not really loving the way the game is structured. Because yeah. it's it's structured of like championships. So you do like you basically pick a type of car. So it's like I'm going to do a sports car. Or I'm going to do like American muscle or I'm going to do a retro American muscle car. And then you do four races in that championship. And then like it, it calculates the points and then like you you win. And then after that, you go on like a road trip to like another city. And then to just do another championship. So it's just a series of like championships and like road trips, which the road trips are just like driving from one city to another in like this group of like other car, like drive cars. And, but like, there's just something about like the road trips that are just kind of like pointless. They take probably anywhere from five to 15 minutes to drive to the next location and they don't you don't really get anything out of it other than just kind of driving. Okay. Uh, and I I don't know like I, at one point it kind of just popped up like you've spent like 4 hours in road trips and I really kind of thought back and I was like yeah but I wasn't really doing anything in that time. I was just kind of like driving to the next location to do more races. Mm. But like you're also like timed like you have to get there in a specific amount of time or you fail the road trip. So it's not like you're exploring. You're just kind of like driving from point A to point B. Huh. It Like I could see why they took that out and why that like this aspect isn't in other like Forza Horizon games. Like I think it's a neat idea that just did not pay off. So, mm-hmm. But hey, the driving was a lot of fun. The other thing is there are a lot of championships. I think to beat them, like to do every single one, there's like 128. Jesus. And keep in mind, that's championships. So like, and that's four races per championship. Wow. So I think fewer than 1% of the the people have that achievement for getting, like beating all the championships. Oh yeah. That could be you. It could be me. Uh, to beat the game, you only had to beat like 16 championships. Oh my god. So like I'm only like 20 championships into it. Wow. And that took me probably close to 16 hours. Now also like like because it's a Forza Horizon game, they do have some other things. They, they do have like the showcase events, which now I don't have to do those anymore. But those, I do always enjoy the showcase events. 
Well, yeah, because they're really cool. Yeah, they're really cool. I know they're scripted, but there is still something so tense about like just at the last second, like passing the train or passing the balloon or whatever and getting the win. I, it's, I know it's the game just like playing with me, but it's still fun. Um, I also do think about the time that you were telling me where you fucked up that one showcase in Forza Horizon <laughs> 5. And, like All this stuff was supposed to happen and none of it happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's Forza Horizon 2. Uh, the nice thing is it's it drives just like any other Forza Horizon game. So like I can just kind of keep coming back to this, you know, like I don't have to like do all 128 uh, uh, championships in the next you know couple weeks. I can just kind of spread it out and just periodically throughout the year, just kind of go back to Forza Horizon 2 and just kind of, you know, race some more whenever I'm feeling like it. So I'm excited about that, but like, I got burnt out on this Forza faster than the others. And I do remember other people saying like they didn't like Forza Horizon 2 as much as the even the original when it came out originally. So uh, now I understand why, because I do think they improved on a lot of aspects, but I don't like the core concept of road trips and championships. And that's basically it. So, okay. Uh, why don't you tell me about uh, Final Fantasy Theatrism? Uh, Final Fantasy Theatrhythm Final Bar Line is the ultimate Final Fantasy Theatrhythm. They took all of the songs from the last one, including the DLC songs, and added more. There are, once all of the DLC is out, there will be 500 and some songs, I believe, total. Uh, and those, some of those then DLC will include like Chrono Trigger and Nier and some non Final Fantasy games. But, uh, the Rhythm is a Final Fantasy rhythm game. Uh, before they were on, well, the first two were on 3DS, then they made a weird iPad version that was not very good, and they also had an arcade game in Japan. Uh, before you would use a touchscreen. And that made the game, I think, a lot easier and more accessible to people. Now it is buttons only. Uh, and I think that is fine. Basically, you either have one or two notes that need to be pressed at a time. So to push those notes, you will use, uh, I use L1 and R1, but really you can use pretty much any two buttons you want. L1 and R1 just seem to make the most sense. Uh, for where your hands sit on a controller. And then there are also uh, stick flicks, which will be yellow notes that they show you like which direction you need to flick the stick in to do that. Um, and so it starts off pretty simple like most things, and then it gets absolutely fucking insane, and only true psychos would be able to do it. Uh, like most rhythm games, uh, I sit somewhere in the middle on this one. Games where you really have to push the buttons super quickly. Uh, it depends. I'm old, so usually I can't do it as well as I used to be able to. But uh, this I can usually put on like the mid difficulty, which the difficulty naming is fucking stupid in this. It's like normal expert 
chaos and supreme supreme and chaos i don't fucking remember but like the sec the the difficulty that should be called normal is called expert great that that's why it's like this is stupid uh usually i play on expert uh which is not the expert difficulty whatever um they also added some other modes for people in this where like one is called simple and it simplifies the button presses so that you're just basically like pushing a single button if you just want to listen to the sick jams and feel like you're doing something uh, where I think theater rhythm is cool uh, in comparison to other rhythm games is that like they try to make it be compelling outside of the rhythm game portion. So like there are also RPG elements during the stages. There are enemies and you have a party of four characters and you fight them uh, by like each note you hit uh, you do damage. And then depending on the skills you equip doing a certain amount of notes or a certain amount of things will cast spells or whatever. So you make a party of four Final Fantasy characters, they level up, uh, they can get to 99, and then you can continue to level them up after that with like stat boosting items and things like that. Uh, this being, this is this is basically the the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate equivalent of Theatrhythm. So there are 104 playable Final Fantasy characters to unlock and level up. Um yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's not a lot to say about it. It's fun. It is, it's insane, and you play th- through so much Final Fantasy music. And Final Fantasy is a series that has the widest breadth of music in most video games. It has like basically every famous Japanese composer whose name people might know worked on Final Fantasy music at some point. And then also there are like all kinds of fucking weird jazz remixes and chiptune remixes because why the fuck not? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's really cool and it, it is a very good product. I can't believe that they made this version of it and also that they put as much like love into it as they did because I I guess I would never have expected this to sell very well for them, but it must because it's the fifth version of this game they have made. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's a really cool thing that Square greenlit this and made it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's cool. That's it. So, it's just interesting the last couple of weeks you've played different rhythm games and they're so different. They're very different, yes. Um, I don't this this is like an old school rhythm game where yeah yeah where the other one it seems like this is like a new like burgeoning genre because like last year was what that like metal hellsinger which was the shooter which i i dabbled with that a little bit i didn't talk about it on the podcast because i didn't stick with it long enough Mm -hmm. to really talk about it much uh but then you have like the hi-fi rush I, i don't know it's it's interesting to see that like we may have like a new video game genre, but then we still can like have these like old school, like rhythm games as well. Yeah. And I, yeah, it is one of those things where it's like, I would like to see rhythm elements added to more games. If they, if it's a fun thing, you know what I mean? Like you think about like crypt of the necrodancer as a roguelite with rhythm elements. And like, that was 
one of the hardest games I've ever played, but also still pretty fun and entertaining. But then they that, made that uh, Zelda one. I can't think of yeah, that name. Uh, Cadence of Hyrule. Cadence I just of Hyrule. talked about that the other day. That was a really cool game, too. Yeah, that You want to talk about great music? Oh, my God. I love oh, my God. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> when you talk about that game, you don't really talk about the gameplay. You talk about the music. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's a Final Fantasy rhythm game. I like it. And I'm almost done. Is with it so? Yeah, it's. This was this is kind of like a remake, right? Uh, it is brand new, okay. but also yes, sort of. It, I don't it's know. it's weird. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess uh, speaking of remakes, the game I've been primarily playing these last two weeks is Dead Space. To be honest, um, yeah, I'm on my third playthrough right now. Oh yeah, <laughs> I am loving this game so goddamn much. Um, the first one, the like the my first playthrough, I just kind of like focused on like what was different about the game, uh, just because like I've played that first one so many times, I'm just like I just know it so well. So every single time I kind of walked into a room or walked into like a new area, I was always just kind of like focusing on what was different. And not necessarily if I like the changes, just, you know, just kind of noticing all the changes. I'm really glad I'm playing through it like a second and then a third time because now I'm able to appreciate the changes. And I got to say, they took what what, it, what I consider one of my favorite games of all time. And I think they've just made it better. Hmm. Um, I, giving Isaac a voice like he has in the second and third one it doesn't necessarily make the story better. It's the same story, but I think it just makes it so that the story is told a little bit better. It, it Things are a little more fleshed out and I, I, you can just kind of appreciate that. It's just a better told story, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I, even just like that aspect, I'm, I'm enjoying more, but then I'm just kind of looking at all the changes they made and, Across the board, I have to say that I don't think they've really made any changes that have made the game worse. Um, to me, they, they've enhanced the story. Um, they added some uh, side missions and si- their quote unquote side missions, uh, which a lot of them were just kind of like go to this area of the ship and then get some like audio logs and maybe some video logs or text logs, but just like these little things that are just kind of fleshing out the world and giving you an excuse to kind of go back to these areas and just kind of re-explore them. And then you're obviously getting like better loot uh, with, uh, you know, getting better loot. So then you can kind of upgrade your, your, your guns a little bit more, uh, which I guess like speaking of the gun upgrades, they, they completely overhauled that system before it was just kind of like you have weapons and then there are nodes and then you just kind of plug the nodes into the weapons and they get better. Mm. But a lot of the nodes, like they, like a lot of the weapon upgrades with the nodes, they had like these empty slots. So you have to like put them in cause it's like this chain but you don't get any upgrade from it. They completely overhauled that. So like every single upgrade is meaningful now with the nodes, but you have to kind of explore the world and find like specific like upgrades for like, there's a pulse 
uh, rifle upgrade that you have to like attach to the gun. And now all of a sudden, like it has a grenade launcher, but then you can now unlock more of that like gun skill tree. So like it, it, it's keeping that node aspect, but then it's also implementing like, hey, you need to explore the world more. Uh, and, and so like, I'm just kind of enjoying that ad- aspect. I think that adds, you know, I, I think it just makes the game a little bit better. Um, I, I wrote down some notes just like, oh, the tram system, which I think I talked about this last week uh, or last episode. The tram system was basically just at the start of every episode, you kind of got off the train and then or not an episode, but like the, the start of a chapter, you got off the tram, you go through the chapter and then at the end of the chapter, you you hop back on the tram to the next chapter. Uh, in this, the tram is more of just like the fast travel system in this Metroidvania world. So it just kind of makes it feel just everything more interconnected. And I, I just, you know, I like that. Uh, so I, it's still just dead space, but better. And that is so exciting for me because last year when I'm really thinking about the games, there was nothing that I just felt passionate about. There was nothing that I would have definitely played through three times, maybe four or five times. And I absolutely could see, see myself doing that with this remake. Nice. I, I, because I, I played the game, my first playthrough was on easy. My second playthrough is on medium. And now my third's on hard. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to do an impossible because that just sounds too stressful, but I definitely want to do a playthrough of just using the, uh, the plasma, not, not the plasma rifle, the uh, plasma cutter, the plasma cutter, which is basically the, like the games, like the fault weapon. Uh, uh, Cause there is an achievement for that. And I'm enjoying this game enough. And I think the plasma cutter is the best weapon in the game anyway. So mm-hmm. uh, no, uh, dead space is exactly what i wanted it is perfect i don't know if perfect's the best word but like they took what i consider a great game and made it better and that's all i want from a a remake type of thing you know Mm -hmm. so uh have you talked to scott at all with this game uh not after he texted me saying it was the game of the year okay uh i'm willing to say that about for for me as well it is the game of the year interesting i like this game is like would have been my game of the like 2022 hands down so if there's something better (laughs) which it's entirely possible because we got like what resident evil later this year like coming up soon Mm -hmm. we have spider-man that's gonna be fucking awesome Mm -hmm. zelda oh god this this year is gonna be incredible for video games manny that is gonna be very good oh fuck yeah you know i was thinking about zelda not to get off track I'm kind of wondering about that game. It, it, are people going to be disappointed by that? Uh, if by people you mean not me, then yeah. Because like the reason why I ask that is because like for a lot of people, they're going into this game going, Breath of the Wild is the greatest game of all time. Mm-hmm. This is a sequel to that. And they're going to be expecting it to be better. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. I guess I don't know what people who are not me expect from this game. yeah and, and and i'm just like this is just my own hypo like i'm just like like i'm just kind of wondering are like are people expecting like breath of the wild 2 but better because i don't know if that's what this game is going to end up being 
Well, so far from what they have shown, it looks like Breath of the Wild, except you can Banjo-Kazooie nuts and bolts mm-hmm. your own weird shit. And to me, that is the coolest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you. I'm kind of wondering if like I'll be on the other spectrum where like I liked Breath of the Wild, but there are things that bothered me. So if they make like some changes, I could be one of the few people that are like Tears of the Kingdom is a better game than Breath of the Wild, where I bet most people are going to be saying Breath of the Wild is a better game. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll see. I mm-hmm. mean, the the thing that really I will make a difference for most people, I think, is how large the like floating sky areas are. Yeah, because if they are mostly reusing the same world, except like shit's fucked up and dark, then like, I don't know how well that will work for most people. But I agree. We'll have to see. So, so I, I'm just thinking for me, like I might. I think I could real see myself really enjoying this. And I'm just kind of wondering how like the general people are going to be feeling about this game. Yeah. Because like it, I, I don't think it's going to be nearly as much of a disaster, but I, it, it's given me a little bit of like a cyberpunk vibe before that game came out where like people were kind of, like calling it a masterpiece before the game even released. And I'm kind of like getting a similar vibes with this Zelda game. So mm. Uh, where I'm just kind of wondering if people are setting the expectations too highly and they're setting themselves up for disappointment where you have to kind of remind yourself, like, it's still a video game, guys. Oh, I mean, that's definitely going to happen. Yes. Right. So, So, yeah. Uh, But those are the four games I've been playing this week. I did finish Forza Horizon. I did finish uh, Resistance. So I will be starting something new. I really want to check out Hi-Fi Rush. So I think I'm going to make that like a priority because I I don't know. I'm just excited. Like that just seems like something I've never played before. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, that excites me. So Mm -hmm. uh, I'm thinking that'll be next. And then I'm kind of hoping I'm going to try to push through Black Flag just so I can kind of get that that done and finished with. Uh, I also I want to say this on the podcast. I uh we're going to be doing a part three this week and I want to get back into doing more part threes. I think one of the, a future one very soon, I want to do like an Assassin's Creed, like ranking the Assassin's Creed games. So, okay. Uh, Cause I, once I finish this, I will have beaten all of the mainline Assassin's Creed games. So I am uh, not counting one, but that's cause one is tough to go back to. Yeah. If you want to talk about a, a game, I'd love to see remade Assassin's Creed one take that story but like make an actual like modern game out of it yeah but uh uh those are the games i've been playing so i guess we'll just kind of move into part three this is going to be primarily manny talking uh i just wanted to give him an outlet to to talk about this uh documentary series yeah, so I don't know how long I will talk about this. Probably not a super long amount of time, but I watched the Double Fine Psych Odyssey, which was their uh, the two player pr- uh, productions produced documentary about the entirety of the production of Psychonauts 2, which anyone who would like to watch can do it on double fines youtube channel there is a playlist that has all 32 episodes in it but also the 2019 amnesia Fortnite movie which i had already watched but also is important context in where it happens in the 
in the thing, which altogether is probably like 40, 50 hours worth of um, video and content. And I don't know that it is like for everybody. I just personally found it fascinating. One, because Psychonauts means so much as a franchise to me. And because Tim Schafer and his writing mean a lot to me as well. And like just double fine in general. Um, but also I am just interested in game development and how games are made. And the uh, truth of it is that it's a miracle that any video game comes out because boy, it's rough out there. <laughs> uh, so like for those who don't know about Psychonauts 2, well, I guess Psychonauts 1 first, uh, Tim Schafer worked at LucasArts Entertainment. He uh, wrote a lot of stuff for them. Uh, he was one of the people who worked on Monkey Island, but he was like the writer of Grim Fandango and Full Throttle. He worked on Maniac Mansion before that um day of the tentacle and his two ba- his like two main babies though were full throttle and grim fandango um and he made those games at lucasarts and they were owned by lucasarts and he basically thought to himself i would like to make my own games that i own and so he made his own company called double fine And they worked in a basement for several years where they made their first game, Psychonauts. And it was uh, a miracle that game came out as well because they lost their publisher partway through that. I can't remember who the original publisher was for Psychonauts, but uh, they, they lost the publisher. And the miracle of Double Fine is that they were not going to make payroll and they were shopping it to a bunch of different uh, publishers and no one was taking it. And so in order to make one last ditch effort at the game, uh, Tim Schafer asked one of his close friends if he could borrow $250,000 from them. Okay. Uh, And that did happen. And until this documentary came out no one knew who that friend was uh because the friend he quote said had made a lot of money from making video games and he uh asked his friend if he could uh perhaps you know like invest and that friend consulted his lawyers who said no you cannot invest in another video game company so he said i'll just let you borrow the money fair enough do you know who it was no will Wright. Oh, the creator of The Sims. That is not surprising. (laughs) I know, but I thought that was the fucking coolest thing in the world. So there's a scene later in the documentary. They tell that story a couple times. Um, Tim Schafer is getting his uh, like Lifetime Achievement Award. And he finally he gets a little too drunk and is telling the story and crying. And he says, and I've never until this day said who this is. And I didn't ask their permission, but I'm going to say right now it was Will Wright. And I was to me, that is the coolest fucking thing in the world. And that Will Wright gave him $250,000. And then in a miracle, they were able to get a publisher for Psychonauts and continue working on it. And so he was able to pay Will Wright back that money. Um, but it was like basically double finds existence and most of their games are one miracle after another. 
uh, because they crunched the shit out of themselves during that game, man. There was a mm. bunch of people who had no idea what it was like to start a video game company who didn't really know what it would be to take and make a game of that scope. And like that game had the original Psychonauts had problems. Uh, they fired their first two uh, level editors uh, because it wasn't working out and they started like a lot of that stuff over and did a bunch of iteration. And when that game came out, uh, it did not do super well. It reviewed critically pretty well, but um, not it did not sell well at all. Really, it's a cult classic. And I am someone who had purchased that cult classic for PC back then. And I because I had liked Tim Schafer's work on Grim Fandango, I, it was just something where I ended up picking up Psychonauts and it really meant a lot to me, especially as someone who has always struggled with mental health issues and things like that. And it really dives deep into that. And I think the writing is cool and funny and very good. Um, so yeah, Psychonauts 1. Then, years later, people kept asking him to make a Psychonauts 2 and he had apparently been writing ideas for it and uh, shopping it around to people. And Finally, they decided to do a fig campaign because someone who worked at Double Fine left and made fig uh, and that it was basically a crowdfunding platform where you could uh, basically uh, people who wanted to pay could pay and invest and get returns on uh how well the game does or whatever but you have to so, invest at like a pretty high a tier. very high tier yeah and so they did they made that money on fig they surpassed the goal by quite a bit uh but then you still need a publisher to get the rest of the money because video games cost way more than people think to make uh for uh, the majority the first i would say the first half of psychonauts 2's development Starbreeze was their publisher uh, I don't know if people remember what happened to Starbreeze, but several years after that initial showing of Psychonauts and them working with Starbreeze, uh, Starbreeze came under legal action. Uh, one of the people, the the co-creators of Starbreeze, like got arrested for like embezzling funds and doing a whole bunch of wild shit. Uh, and apparently they had been like overspending in almost every category after they looked at the finances. Cause the guy had stolen a bunch of money. Um, and then they ended up like ceasing to be a publisher. So then they had already been paid a lot of the money for that. And they had no publisher and literally Microsoft saved them as a developer. Uh, when Microsoft came in for the acquisition that that saved Double Fine as a company, Psychonauts 2 would not have been a game. Double Fine would not exist if Microsoft had not purchased them. Uh, it seemed like they had a couple other uh, publishers that they were shopping it to to be published by. And they had a couple other people who were looking into acquisitions. But I guess Microsoft seemed to be the best choice for the studio in terms of uh that you don't have to spoil it but do they kind of talk about who those other companies are no the one other company they actually bleeped out which i thought was interesting i wonder if it's like a major company like like a sony or a nintendo or something like that then yeah so i I don't know and some of the other uh publishers that they had been shopping it out to they bleeped it out as well there was i can't remember the one that they didn't but um okay yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of interesting stuff like that. And that that was one of the more interesting parts of the documentary overall for me was when 
uh, Matt Booty came to speak to them uh, after they got acquired because he had been getting a lot of questions from people. And obviously after you're acquired, your people are worried about losing their jobs and stability. Um, and the question that came up was uh, basically like, Hey, it's when it's in the like employee contract thing. Like when you work for Microsoft, any game ideas you have or like try to make our property of Microsoft and like, you can't go and make your own game. Uh, while you work here and he basically said yeah that's true mm. uh, which like goes completely against double fine's whole ethos so like especially because they specifically would do those amnesia fortnights every couple years where they take two weeks to have everyone in the company pitch a game and then for two weeks they take a break from the projects they're working on to like make these weird game jam games essentially that then have gone on in some cases to be made into full-fledged games like uh, costume quest was made that way I don't want to like, I understand that the core conceit, but like to get that financial security, you do have to kind of give up some things. So, I mean, it sucks, but at the same time, like I completely get it that like Microsoft's like, no, anything you make is ours. Uh, no, I mean, I get that every, every video game company does that. Apparently Uh, Patrick Klepek actually just wrote an article about this for waypoint recently. Um, so yeah, that I guess that is a big thing in the games industry currently. And I hadn't thought about it in the way that some of the companies that Patrick interviewed were talking about it. It's more like a lot of companies are more worried that you're going to like develop tech for them and then go and use that same tech that you develop in a game that you are making mm. to make money. And like, I get that. Yeah. Like, if you're like stealing code and like tech that I understand. Whereas it's like, if you're like having intellectual property ideas, I feel less about that. But like also double fine was always very clear in the amnesia Fortnite that like, they did not own those ideas. Like those are the ideas of the people and they have not had an amnesia Fortnite since they were purchased. Mm. And so it's possible that they just aren't going to do that anymore, which kind of sucks because it's one of their whole things as a company, but uh, we'll yeah. see. I mean, going forward, uh, I found out from this documentary that Double Fine has two unannounced projects being developed right now. Uh, I hope that they are smaller because Psychonauts 2 is by far the largest game they made and it took them six years to make because it did not go well. (laughs) Yeah, I think I haven't watched this documentary and from everything I've heard, I need to check it out. I think the one nice thing is like this can stop Tim Schafer from focusing on the business aspect of the game's game development. And he can just focus on the creative side, which is his strength. So I think in some ways like this could be, you know, really good for, for this studio. It could be for sure. Um, Especially like with, if they're nurturing things like hi-fi rush and like, you know, maybe double finds next game is a smaller game. It's just, it's like shadow shadow dropped at some weird Microsoft thing. I think that's really cool. Uh, but boy, the realities of game development are fucking rough, dude. Yeah, I, you, you just like watch this and everybody's so excited to start at the beginning. But like Tim is the only writer there, really, which is crazy. Right. Uh, and it's hard the whole time. It is hard to watch because it's like people need his guidance and he can't come to a lot of these meetings for various reasons. And he for a long time was not as involved as he should have been. Uh, And that was like causing problems with like people designing levels before they even really knew what they were about in the plot and things like that, which doesn't really work in a narrative driven game like Psychonauts. Uh, They brought in a level designer and a producer 
from that you had used to work at i think crystal dynamics um and they do not super gel with the like free-flowing fun i guess i didn't even know like free-spirited way that double fine ran and so like that producer you can see clashes with a ton of the people who had been there since the beginning of double fine i i guess i don't know how much i want to spoil about this documentary like people get fired uh and they do not go into the reasons why fully in some of these cases and so it just seems like some of these people had like a hardcore falling out and they just like major people who worked on this project end up leaving some of them it is very clear it is from burnout but others it just seems like it may be a bunch too many people complained about them in certain ways and mm. things like that like it's it's pretty interesting um and tim schaefer doesn't become the like creative lead on psychonauts until like its last year or two of development um and they they throw out a lot of level designs that in the beginning there are like several entire brain worlds that were like conceived as totally different things. And you get to see how those evolve over time into the things that they became in the final game. And that kind of stuff is cool. And I really like all the scenes where they're like brainstorming, uh, but sometimes it gets really hard to watch. Like you can, you see the people get burnt out man. like you just see, you see people leave uh, and you see people get burnt out and it is, it's tough. People break down numerous times there, like when Crunch gets brought up and stuff like there's a really, really uncomfortable meeting about Crunch at one point. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's something I, that I, you would never you never expect to be able to see. And you would never expect to see something like this from like a Microsoft, a company owned by, you know, Microsoft, Microsoft. Yeah. And it, it, the other the other part of it is like this game should not have been finished. It shouldn't have been able to have been finished. Starbreeze should have gone under. They shouldn't have made as much. And then like in the, in the end, dude, there was a point where they like almost were, it was almost time. And then because of COVID mm, Matt Booty yeah. was like, what if the game came out in uh, the summer instead? And they just like got a couple extra months magically. <laughs> and it's just like shit like that like just like miracles happened at miracle after miracle after miracle for them to be able to spend as much money and time as they did on this game and for it to come out and be as good as it was is just mind-blowing it it makes no sense like you watch this documentary and then if you had played psychonauts one and two like impossible it is impossible I like I don't get it. And Psychonauts 2 is so far above the scope of their previous games. Like you think about Psychonauts 1 was a pretty large game. It was the first game they had ever made. They didn't know. All right. So they're like, oh, we're never going to do that again, except that they did because they made Brutal Legend. And then oh, after yeah. that, after that, they only made smaller games that were like 20, 15, 20 bucks. Right. Like stacking. uh I'm trying to headlander costume shit, quest, costume quest one and two Iron shit like Brigade. that. Iron Brigade. Ah, oh, I love Brad Mears in this for the first like 10, 15 episodes. And then he leaves to go to valve. That's so sad. I love Brad Mir. He's such a happy guy, but yeah, he was the lead on uh, Iron, Brigade. Iron Brigade. Or what was um, that before? Uh, shit. Steel Battalion. No, no steel. Oh God! Steel it, Battalion is a Capcom yes, game. Yeah. What the fuck? 
I can't remember. Iron Brigade. Damn it. I'll never remember. It but. doesn't matter. I, 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 yeah, that's a, they, and what was that other one that they made? That was like the Kickstarter that they did like this documentary series. The first. Oh, Broken Age. Broken Broken Age. Age. Um, Yeah. And like that is uh, that also is a documentary that people could watch. I think the Psych Odyssey is much better. I I assume also you just you care about uh, Psychonauts way more than that game as well. So that that is true. Uh, You get to see Elijah Wood in this because he was one of the voice actors in Broken Age and he came back for this. You get to see Jack Black fucking recording his lines for Helmet. Oh my God, Matt. Jack Black seems like the most fun person. <laughs> That's all I got to say. It lists seeing him in the recording booth and he makes all his stupid faces and shit. And he's making the song and he comes to visit their E3 booth. He seems like a genuinely cool, nice guy. Uh, and I really like that. Trench. But Trench. Trenched. Damn it. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because like a lot of the time that... Uh, Psychonauts is in development and this uh, Rad was their other game they had in development. And so it's interesting because I've watched every piece of Double Fine Media there is. I knew I could tell that they were working on another game because specific people were not there a lot in the documentary or like you could see them in the background but they were never talking about Psychonauts and you're like oh they're working on Rad over there. Mm. Uh, And in the beginning they also do a little bit of the development of the VR game Rhombus of Ruin because it was the technically the bridge between Psychonauts 1 and 2. It was like a mini thing, which, boy, that was a small team, and they were not given enough time or resources to make that either. And also, I heard that, like, it got very... I don't want to spoil too much, but, like, it seems like it got very tense as they were, like, pulling people off that team before that game was even finished. Correct, Abunda! <laughs> And it got very tense when they would have to like ask if they could borrow programmers from Rad or other things mm. that they're working on. Um, at one point, Psychonauts literally had one visual effects artist. Mm. His name is his name is Tazio, and it was for too long. And I love Tazio. That's all I have to say. You see this man want to die and then when he gets uh, literally a vf of uh, the other one of the other vfx artists left and came back which in the documentary doesn't seem like very long but in reality it was like three years and he comes back and then you're like oh thank god because <laughs> this poor man is the one vfx artist they have on this and it just like yeah and it just it was a very weirdly run project because like they hired the guy to do it and he was doing it his way and it didn't gel with people and like then you got tim trying to get more involved and like people complaining about certain things and it's just like it's tough and it's one of those things where like i think people who play video games want to glorify that in their heads but like for those people it's not like super fucking fun time all the time like it's their job and i think you get a little bit of that as well uh, yeah, I, I think it I think it will be good to get like really kind of put into appreciation because like even these bad games that come out, they had people had to deal with a lot of the shit that like this documentary is going to be covering. You know? Oh, exactly. Like, yeah, it, it's just like at the end of it all, though, it, you have this like shit game. But at least with Psychonauts, they can point and say, like, that's probably the best game they've made. Oh, yeah, I think I think hands down personally. Uh, 
Uh, and that's exciting, you know, because like it, it would suck that much more to go through that entire process. And then the game just like doesn't come together at the end. So, yeah, it, it's just it's one of the coolest things that I've seen about video games, probably. And it. Yeah, I don't know. You just you get it all. You get the they have money problems. You've studio acquisitions, publishers going to prison like it just got it all. And what is kind of weird is like COVID doesn't happen until the last like probably like five, six episodes. And because of that, there probably isn't as much of the end of the process as there could have been because it's like a lot harder for them to stream like Zoom meetings and stuff because like at Double Fine, if they were going to have a meeting about something they didn't want them in on, they would still be able to go to other parts of the like building and like do other stuff whereas in this it's like i have a feeling they probably weren't allowed to film as many of those meetings than zoom as they probably would have wanted to or you would have wanted to as a documentary viewer uh and it's just it's harder especially at the end to be like do you want to just like watch them go through these bug fixes or like Mm, do you want to watch them like build this level by hand uh yeah it's 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 just a wild process. The whole thing is fucking crazy. And like it is so long that you like once you're done, you're like, wow, I really went on a journey there. <laughs> like this is fucking crazy. I'm curious, how quickly did you like eat through this documentary? Uh, I did it in like three weeks. You want to hear something crazy? What? the de- I, I was listening to the the min max podcast. The yeah, Hansen. yeah. He's like as big of a double fine fan as you. Yeah. That the the documentary series dropped on Friday. By Sunday he had finished it. That makes sense. He's in it. Oh, uh, yeah, but he's... not 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 like as a as an actor, but they like show a min max review yes. of them talking about psychonauts. Yeah. Yeah, which he cool. said he's like he's like friends with some of the people, but like yeah. still, I mean like like he was fully engrossed. Like forty eight hours later, he's watched like twenty two hours of documentary. It, yeah. crazy so it's it's just crazy and like it goes through several amnesia fortnights in the middle of that so you get like a little break from psychonauts and you go into like them making these smaller games and then you see how some of those actually end up getting integrated into psychonauts too as brain levels you see one of the people from two-player productions become an intern and then start designing levels himself okay Asif, what a guy it's just it's really fun and like i get why uh afterwards it might be hard to work with tim schaefer uh there's a lot of parts where people are like oh you've never worked on a tim schaefer game and then you see some of the people who came from like ubisoft or like harmonics being like yeah that's fun at first until the end when you're just like i want to strangle you Because, yeah, one of the in the end, the producer of the game at the end ends up being Naoko, and she was the lead on uh, what the fuck is the dance game at Harmonix? The like the really good one. Dance Revolution? Uh, no, what the fuck is it called? Harmonix dance game. Uh, Dance Central. That's Dance Central. I mean, she she was, I believe, she was the producer on Dance Central one and two. Okay. Um, but yeah, she she was. You you see when a lot of these people start, like they they do the meetings, and it's like it's my first day, right? And then you see them for twenty three more episodes. And you're <laughs> like, holy shit, these people have been here forever. And then they're just like a husk of a human being. Yeah, them. and it's 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 sad in some cases, like where people who had been there from the beginning leave. 
Uh, but you know, like it's also it's not always like oh they got burned out. It's like you know life happens. Yeah, people get opportunities. People have children. People do all kinds of stuff. So and then some of them you like see come back. Like Greg Rice, his story is the fucking saddest one of all to me. Even though he works at Sony now, he was their biz dev person and he was like the lead on Broken Age. He literally got them to be acquired by Microsoft and then that made his job obsolete. Oh, that sucks. But like he did that knowing full well, mm-hmm. you know, what was going to happen. Right. Uh, and it just was one of those things where it's like, oh, it's really bittersweet. Like you saved the company, but also kick rocks <laughs> uh and it wasn't like that it right, was right. he was just like yeah I, I did this and my time has come and i'm going to do it for sony now Blah. and that that's cool and greg rice is the tallest man alive so it's very nice oh yeah i would i would watch it again that's <laughs> uh, i just you get the, you feel like you get to know the people you know right. you form you form a parasocial relationship i ben hansen was saying the same thing he was like I watched like I know it was only 22 episodes, but like I feel like I know every single person who worked there like intimately. Oh, yeah. You get to know a lot of them and you get to know like what their personalities are like and mm-hmm. stuff. It's it's cool. It, they they do a good job. And, um, you know, they sometimes it's just like you'll notice that those people will be in meetings and then later on they get more comfortable with the two player crew and they'll be in one on one meetings, giving them the dirt about what happened in a meeting they weren't allowed to film and <laughs> stuff, stuff like great, that great, great. get the inside scoops and it's like it's cool I, I yeah i don't know it's just it's a very neat documentary and it's something that like you don't get to be usually people aren't embedded at a studio like that you know yes. what i mean like no clip makes documentaries and danny was able to go like talk to the final fantasy 14 team but he wasn't there right, right. when they made final fantasy 14 whereas like two player they were they were there in the offices every day yeah the closest parallel i i have is like that god of war series raising kratos but like yeah they took all like those five six years and condensed it down to an hour and a half this they took five six years and condensed it down to 22 episodes 32 or 30 i'm 22 hours okay. 32 yeah. episodes oh it's more than 22 hours i see ben has said it was 22 hours it's see, I would guess that it's more than that, but that might be the case. I did. They vary in length greatly. Mm. Some of them are like an hour and 50 minutes. Some of them are 20. Like you, you never know what you're going to get. Grab bag. Yeah, I, I I'm thinking like by the sounds, I might be able to convince my girlfriend to watch it. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, sometimes it can feel like you're like sitting in on meetings a little mm-hmm. bit. But, you know, it's it's interesting, especially like. Yeah, I don't know. As someone who had played the game, it is it was the coolest. I, I don't know. I think she would enjoy this game. Like she loves Banjo Kazooie, so I'm like, oh yeah. I I, I was so. like, I should get her to play this because I think she would love it. Because like I think it's wittier. I think the story's way better. I mean, it the gameplay is yeah. better. Like I think it's just a better game than Banjo Kazooie. So yeah, you can play. You can ever play it. You can ever watch a documentary. And exactly. Then you both together can be like, wow, no one should ever make video games again. All right. I already came to that conclusion <laughs> after the God of War documentary. So yeah, you're like, oh, these nice people hate yeah. their lives now. Yeah, oh, good. Oh, they're all they're great. all drinking so much. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, that's uh, that's all I've really got. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I could talk about it forever because it's just it's one of those really cool things. And like, I can't wait. The uh, the Psychonauts two art book should be finally shipping 
sometime soon, I think. So that'll even have more extra hot info in it about uh, the development of that game. So it's really cool. I, I look forward to checking this out at some point. It's just, it's hard to be like, I. it's one thing to be like, all right, I, hour and a half, I can watch this. But like, you know, 22 episodes, that's a good chunk. And, you know, right now I'm just so busy watching the Jersey Shore. So. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> at first I hated it. I'm kind of into it. I'm not, I'm not. I still, I still don't like <laughs> it. I can't. That's a, we don't need to get into the Jersey shore. I just think it's funny that like, we're both watching it right now. Just, yeah. All right. But that'll, uh, that'll do it for us this week. Mm-hmm. As always, the theme song is sting operation by the chiptune band Anamanaguchi. They're an excellent chiptune band. You should check them out. Uh, and we'll be back in two weeks, but remember we're going to record on Sundays now and going forward. So who knows what the fuck? I don't know. Yeah. We'll have to just kind of like figure out like the time, but we can do that off air. Uh, yeah. You know, it's going to change, but Hey, I, I'm excited to keep doing this and you know, like it just doesn't work Friday nights anymore, sadly. So, yeah. So mm-hmm. we will catch you guys next time. Peace out. Peace out.